Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're pausing to remember and reflect. Remember the key people and events in the good and hard seasons of life, and reflect on God's provision, goodness, and grace. We'll hear from old and new friends, even some that are no longer living, about God's unchanging nature through it all. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Wendy Lau, aka the Quendi Home, one of my favorite Instagram pages to follow. It is a super fun conversation about how she got into being an Instagram influencer, doing the things that she does, and just God's faithfulness through her really unique story. It's a fun conversation that we know you're going to enjoy. So go to HomeSense, water your plants, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode. Well, here is your official welcome to the Work Friends podcast, Wendy. We are so excited to have you on. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's my first podcast, so I'm very excited. Yes, that's fun. My mom will be pumped. My mom actually is the one who introduced me to you. So her and I are always sending your reels back and forth and she's always sending me, you should try this recipe with the kids. You should try this recipe with the kids. So she'll be like starstruck a little bit maybe. So it'll be Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Well, (laughs) hi, Ainsley's mom. (laughs) Hi, Cheryl. (laughs) And the funny thing is, is that um, one of my... My sister's friends sent, we have like a little group chat and Instagram and she sent one of your reels of like falling in the snow. And I'm like, that's so funny. (laughs) And then Ainsley said, yeah, so I reached out to the, um, this lady, Wendy. And I was like looking at your Instagram page. I'm like, that's the same girl. (laughs) So this is so fun. (laughs) She looks familiar, but kind of different without the snow (laughs) on her face. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. Well, we always like to start off the show with just some fun facts that we can get to know about you. So we'll start off with the first one. Where did you grow up? I was born in Ottawa, but I grew up all over the world, you could say, because I think part of my childhood was uh, in Hong Kong for the first few years of my life because my mom needed extra help. And because we are immigrants, my parents came from Hong Kong. I did grow up a little bit here and there, but um, ultimately through my teenage years, it was pretty stable in Toronto. So I always thought Toronto was my hometown, but um, technically I was born in Ottawa. Or, if this is okay to say on a youth-friendly podcast, I, I, we used to joke that um, I, was made, I was made in Hong Kong and produced in, in Ottawa, Canada. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, what would you say is your ideal day? Um, I think productivity, um, a really good night's sleep so that you wake up refreshed, ready to go. Hopefully you read your Bible first thing in the morning, you do your devos, you get your day off started straight. I like to have it with a cup of caffeine. It, it really varies on the day. I like to mix it up and make it really pretty and fancy. Or sometimes I'm in a rush and I need something like super powerful. Then we'll just go hit, (laughs) take a hit of caffeine. And I think that's usually the cadence of the day. Mm. And then we go from there. So I think I'm a productive and a Like, I want to be an efficient person, so that's how I like my days to start. Maybe not the perfect day, but 
when things go right like that, you kind of know it's going to be a good day. Yes. I love that too. Um, If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Wow, you guys did not give me any of these questions to think about. <laughs> I have surprised. to think about it on the thought. <laughs> um, recently was very into some designer work. Um, Jean Stoffer, her, unfortunately, her father passed away, I think, yesterday. And uh, what really endeared her to me was her tribute to um, her father and how he was such a godly man. And she really used her platform and talked about his... Uh, his living testimony and now she's part of his legacy. And so she really, that mm-hmm. post really spoke to me. I was like, wow, what, this is so powerful. And, and I always admire her home decor design so that she's on top of mind because of what happened yesterday, um, for her, but she still rejoices and was super grateful, um, for having him as her dad. So that was really nice, um, to hear about and to know, and also be reminded that this is not, this is not goodbye forever. This is see you later, which was really nice. Um, somebody else I would probably like to meet in real, well, in real life. I don't know. It's hard for me to think if I was in my high school years, I think I would have picked Bruce Lee or Elvis Presley. I had huge <laughs> crushes on two dead men. Um, <laughs> really strange. Great. From, from elementary school, Bruce Lee had a hold on me like until grade eight. And then I discovered Elvis and then it was all about Elvis. And I used to dream, oh, what if I could have warned him not to get into drugs and then he wouldn't have died and then we could have had more of his music. So I guess Gene Stoffer, Elvis Presley, and Bruce Lee, very, very different people. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That would be a very interesting dinner table to sit at, though. You got to like then think about the dynamics of the people between it. So I think that would be fun. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what Jean Stoffer is actually like in person, but I kind of imagine her of like almost like a Martha Stewart type, mm. I would think. But I think it'd be cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what do you think is the best place that you have been to? Um, I think either I'm going to say Thailand only because we had a really cool experience Um, we went specifically because when my husband Kay's mom died, um, she used to own a travel agency and she always said that the one place you should visit is Thailand. And so after she passed, we put it on her bucket list and we organized it so that we got to see, I think it was the light festival. And basically they honor their dead by lighting these candles and it floats down the river. And there's like thousands of candles in these lily pads that just gets um, distributed and it was beautiful. It was very meaningful too. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course the lanterns and, and all the festivities, but that was in Sukhothai, Thailand, That that was a world heritage site. So if you guys ever get to go, it's very budget friendly and you're still allowed to walk on these monuments that have lasted for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's a world heritage site and we were able to touch it. I'm like, is this legal? (laughs) But it was really cool. Oh, my goodness. Well, now I've officially added that to my bucket list. So uh, the the pile keeps going. That's fine. Okay, so this question, we used to always ask people, like, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? But then somebody asked us, they said, I like to ask this question if you had a parallel life. So you don't have to give up the things you love that you have now. But if you would like a parallel or an alternate or like a second life, what would you want it to look like? 
if I could do it all, I would have done my past two jobs. I've had many careers in my short, I would like to think short because I feel like I'm still young, lifespan. But um, I used to be a flight attendant and uh, I loved that life. Um, it, there was a lot of freedom, gave me a lot of creativity. The travel perks were amazing. Um, yeah, I would love to do that in tandem. But it was already something I've experienced, so I don't know. Or... But I already do it. I, I feel like I've really been blessed. I, I've done things I've always wanted to do and never even dreamt of already. So if I could do it all together, all at once, all the time, I would parallel mm. lives. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. Cool. Well, other than those fun facts, just tell us about yourself. What does life look like for you right now? Well, um, I am currently in my mid-30s. And I am, uh, I work on social media. Some would call me an influencer. Others would like the label content creator. Um, I toggle between both because sometimes I am making just content for consumption. And sometimes I, I have influence and I, and brands would sign on with campaigns with me to create content to persuade. It's like marketing mm -hmm. to persuade people to consider purchasing. So, um, that's what I do for a living now. Uh, I already told you guys that I used to be a flight attendant. Um, but I guess that is not all that defines me, but, um, it's one of those societal questions. What do you do after <laughs> what's your name? What do you do? Do you have kids? And no, I do not have kids. Me and my husband is just the two of us, but, um, lots of family members. So I have a big, big dining table that seats at least 12 because every Sunday is big family dinners. And we used to host before COVID times, um, small groups. Uh, we, we run a young adults group, I guess you would call from ages. I want to say 18 to, I think the oldest we have is oh, 30. I think the oldest is 30 years old, um, mm. from 19 to 30 years range. And we run small group. We used to run it after church here. And we would, I would cook um, and feed. I think we fed up to 40 people. Wow. Whoa. So this house, this house is definitely an extension of our ministry. It's not just my workplace. I literally work here and it's my business. But it also um, does ministry. Mm. Um, and, I, so, and my husband and I would argue that that was the primary reason why we bought a house. I mean, it's just the two of us. Why do we need so much house? And, and that's why. Mm. I love that. Like hospitality is a way to serve and love people. Jesus obviously very much so did that. And for that, obviously you, you create beautiful things. Again, I was looking on your Instagram page. I'm like, Ooh, I love that cleaning, organizing, <laughs> love it all. And um, thank you, Jen. Yeah. It's so nice. And yeah, the fact that like the sole purpose of what you want to do is be the hands and feet of Jesus with the people in your life. I love that. And I'm really excited to dive into your story a little bit. This whole season, we're kind of taking time to pause and reflect on God's goodness in our own lives and the people and uh, other people's lives. And so I would love to hear what was growing up like for you. Um, growing up, I've had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast when I was introducing myself, my parents were immigrants from Hong Kong. So they came over, they were still learning English. Um, they were invited to church. She was grocery shopping and there was this one lady. There's not a whole lot of Chinese people back in the 80s, um, mid 80s uh, that were 
visible minorities, right? So um, there was another Chinese lady that saw my mom frequently, like on a shopping schedule, I guess. Um, and so she would chat with my mom and my mom having no friends. Um, they, she befriended my mom and she started inviting us to church. And my mom totally took her up on the offer after a few months because she felt bad saying no and she can't come up with any more excuses. So we grew up in church because of that one lady, Auntie Emily. I call her Auntie Emily. And, um, yeah, so yeah, my, my parents did not know Jesus or, you know, didn't go to church, nothing like that because Hong Kong was, is a, is a different world. Um, yeah. So also say I did grow up in church because of that auntie Emily. And, um, we grew up in church, I think since I was two years old, my mom said she was trying to socialize us because she didn't know any other people. And so that's how we started. And that's how I grew up. Mm. Um, Yeah, our community was very tied to church. And I think a lot of immigrant families um, with a Chinese background could relate um, because the the people who immigrated here first really did a great outreach program for immigrants. And I am a byproduct of that. And that was a blessing to our family. And that's how my parents came to know Christ. And I grew up to know Christ as well. But growing up, um, my mom stayed at home. My dad went to work. He came as a tailor or in in the garment industry. That was the skill set that they needed in Canada at the time. So that's how my family came to be in Canada and Mm. grew up very, yeah, you know, no dogs, but like mom, dad, my sister, myself. It was very idyllic. Um, typical family, mm. but Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a cool story. And being able to have those little moments and people to look back on. I think that's so beautiful. And uh, yeah, you mentioned sort of some of the story of, you know, things that brought your family towards knowing God or church and those different pieces. Uh, but when did you make the decision to follow Jesus? So I have a very clear understanding of when I accepted Christ. And I believe that once I did, I was a Christian. So that was when I was seven years old. My dad had cancer. So death has entered the chat room, so to speak, um, kind of grappling with the idea of life after death or death in general. And I think at seven, um, when we went to VBC, uh, Vacation Bible Camp, or VBS back when I was growing up, Vacation Bible School, in the summer, um, a speaker came. Uh, it was kind of like a evangelical type of meeting for children. And it it was very explicitly explained to us. And I, I remember saying, yeah, I, I started thinking about what will happen to my dad, to myself after death. And, and it was a very childlike belief. Like, of course, I don't want to go to hell. Like I know Jesus is nice. Um, I want to be with him when I died. And I, I said the prayer And I believe that at that point, I did become a Christian. However, having said that, it was only until I was 14 years old did I understand my faith and the responsibilities that 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 name, you know, Christ follower, Christian, really meant and um, what the purpose of my life should be when it means to serve Christ. And I knew part of that was to um, share the gospel um, to reach other people and that God gave me a purpose of being in a specific place at a specific time in a specific school when I was 14 
and my friends around me was my ministry. Like, um, mm-hmm. he placed me here as a Christian to share the gospel with those people specifically. And that weight of that responsibility really dawned on me at 14. And I remembered feeling so burdened, feeling so much love for these people who don't know Christ and don't know, um, the love that he has for us and, and, and all the sacrifices he has done. And so that crystallized and that really, I guess it was really young, but I understood that. And, um, I think I truly begun that part of my journey from just believing, simply saying, I want to go to heaven to being like, I have work set out for me. Mm -hmm. Like the Bible says. Mm Hmm. There's so much there. I think the thing that I continue to be struck by is the gift it is that God allows us to see him. Like 14, when we think about 14-year-olds, they're in grade 8. Yeah, grade 8, grade 9, yeah. Yeah, and for, yeah, just his goodness and grace in allowing us to see him and for him to, to show you that and reveal himself a little bit more at 14 and that weight and that burden, I just think it's, yeah, it, it's such a complete gift to be able to to experience that. How has that shifted and changed over the years for you? Like, how have you um, that like weight and burden that you now experience or feel as a thirty year old? What does that look like for you? I think it's become more than just a burden. I see it as a a value system that I hold very dear. Mm. Um, everything I do should be for Christ to not only glorify him, but to also draw people to him to show love, not just through action and word, but like through my belief system Mm. and how I can conduct myself, how I interact with people. Um, everything is an extension to share Christ with someone else. Every, Every interaction I have is an opportunity to share a God story, to Mm -hmm. share a testimony, to draw them closer to you, not for the sake of you being likable, but to be able to amplify that and say that's because of God, that's because of Jesus, and and to go from there. And I think because I was able to crystallize that at 14 and then moving forward, um, it's definitely shaped my career moves, how I interact with people, um, the values I have why we buy a house, my business, now that I have one, um, is very much has that as the foundation. Hmm. You just preach. That's <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> um, I would love to hear. There's obviously been a lot happening in our world and our country. Um, yeah, it's been a lot over the last couple of years. And too, like this isn't the only hard season that our world has experienced, obviously, but walk us through what the past two years have been like for you. Well, the past two years, I feel like I would start March, 2020. I feel like that was when the rest of the world caught up to what, uh, flight attendants knew was coming down the pipeline. Um, in 2019, we were, I being Chinese flew a lot of Asian routes. So Mm -hmm. I flew to Hong Kong a lot, which is my parents' home country. Um, China, so Beijing, Shanghai, I did it once a month. I hadn't heard the trickling when I went to the airport. I remember distinctly sitting at the airport in Hong Kong, February 2020, watching the news. And I looked at that screen in the airport and I had chills down my body. I'm like, this is happening. Hmm. It's going to come to Toronto. It's going to reach the whole world. 
oh my goodness, what is like, I, cause we like the flight attendants, we all knew we, people were getting sick. People felt it. Like we were getting ready. Mm. We were, we were the first to buy masks. I'm telling you these flight attendants, they just know because we come into contact with so many people. Yeah. So we wanted to protect ourselves or loved ones. But, um, even though I knew that February, 2020, March, 2020 was when I lost my job as a flight attendant because of what was happening, the pandemic, things were being shut down. And, uh, March, 2020, um, after I lost my job, I was very much filled with worry and anxiety about our financial situation. Um, being a flight attendant sounds glamorous, but it doesn't pay very much. Um, but, um, we may do, but, I didn't know how long we could sustain being without me being without work. We were a two uh, income household. So, but if you remember March, 2020 jobs were far and few in between, even if you wanted to go to Starbucks and be a barista or, you know, go to the grocery store, things were like locking down. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of really worried. My husband totally reassured me, kept telling me it was going to be fine. Um, he really encouraged me to produce, um, pursue my freelance work to see if I could develop it into a career. But in the meantime, he took up Ubering on the side and, yeah. and he reassured me that it was fun for him. But I felt a lot of guilt, mm. as you can imagine, and pressure to find work. I mean, I couldn't sleep. I started to develop bald spots, rashes to distress. Um, but yeah, that was what two years ago looked like. And I knew he wanted he encouraged me to pursue freelance, uh, on social media. Uh, but it was my hobby. It was something that I just did because I wanted to reach out further than my intimate group of friends who were mostly Christians. Um, so I wanted to reach out to other people through the commonality of home decor. How am I going to turn that into a business? It's something that I didn't want to sign up for. Right. But I did it because I didn't see a choice, but in the first five months, I only signed one deal for $500 in five months. And people think, oh man, be a content creator, be an influencer. You'll make it big. No, I didn't, it didn't feel like that at all. Um, I felt pretty helpless and useless, even though I'm very sure of myself, but I really let that financial strain take over, um, take over what I already believed and what I already knew about God, because I was so scared, like $500 in five months. And the world didn't seem like it was stopping anytime soon. It just kept mm -hmm. spinning out of control. I was like, Oh my goodness, how pointless is it to create daily content for the internet? Like if, if I were to ask for a vocation, this is not it. I thought <laughs> I was like, what do you want me to do? God, what am I going to do with this? Like, I don't have, you know, what skill sets, right? To, do I have to pander to employers and nobody was hiring even like mm -hmm. I can take pictures and speak a few languages and, and, and serve drinks. But, um, I didn't want to pursue social media as my career. And like I said, it was, it felt like just a frivolous hobby that only I took seriously and I didn't think anyone would care, but God did remind me to trust him and to honor him. And in his wisdom and mercy, he really, really showed me his love for me, uh, in, in my life. Um, even though I was questioning my own self-worth as a contributing member to my own family, to society, because I didn't think the internet was society. He reminded me of my purpose. Like I was this child. My worth was not in how much you can earn. 
It's not how many people follow you. It's not your job, your network, who you know, who your clients are, who brands, which brands will email you and, and, and solicit you for work. Um, it didn't matter how many jobs I signed because I was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And I stopped seeing my work on social media as a way to just make funny content or attract potential clients for work. Um, but I saw it as connecting with other lonely people. And there were a lot, a lot of lonely people who felt just as hopeless, if not more hopeless than I did, because at least I had Jesus and they didn't. So God reminded me that uh, he was my hope and that I should share that through the screen and through the platforms he gave me. And so with that in mind, I started creating content content that reflected that sentiment. Trying to reach across the screen to give a virtual hug was a goal of mine for many months after that. The response was quite honestly immediate. Um, I connected with a lot of people. Um, and I started to realize that there is purpose to presence on social media, especially Christian presence on social media. There's not a lot of influencers or influence out there that are Christians or to influence people to see um, the world through Christ's eyes and mm. through his lens. And it was not just about meeting our financial need, but God really gave me this platform to reach more people. And I started to see that um, through this career change from flight attendant to content creator slash influencer, I was able to share the gospels to that tens of thousands of people, if not um, hundreds of thousands. And sometimes I, really couldn't I couldn't fathom and I can't imagine it like that's really insane and I sh I'm sure you guys feel the same way about your podcast you reach so many more people than you mm. you think you do yeah. uh through you know the four walls of church or whatever building we've built inside our head mm -hmm. and I see the value of social media and the platforms that God gave me into bringing people into my life that I would never ever have met otherwise people might not want to you know, befriend in this day and age, befriend a, uh, somebody who clearly labels themselves as Christian, but through content, they get to know you and they get to know, oh, this is why she is the way she is. She's a Christian, right? Your values are exposed over time. As they come to care for you, you get the opportunity to share the gospel. And I did. I shared the gospel to a dying woman who I would have never met otherwise. Um, she has since passed, but we would have never been friends if not for Instagram, mm -hmm. truly. Um, people from different faith backgrounds, we can have conversations. But because we've developed that rapport and friendship, we could have conversations, which seems so rare in 2022. Crazy. Um, I got to share how God helps me choose joy every day, despite, you know, the hopelessness of the world, because he's the hope. Mm -hmm. He gave me a way to share my life and more God stories like we talked about with everyone. And he didn't just deliver me from anxiety to peace or simply met my financial needs with another career or even given me a purpose when I truly felt useless. He gave me hope through his son, Jesus. And now I get to share it with so many more people than I could ever imagined. And here I am on your podcast doing mm. the same yeah, I like I honestly like I almost got like a little emotional when you're talking like um, we have a co-op student right now who is still in high school. And um, one of the things he said the other day, it was along the lines of like, 
there's just so much hate in the world right now. He just said, it doesn't matter if it's like stuff overseas, if it's stuff within our country, or just like walking the 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 hallways of school. Like he's just like, I just the world is so full of hate, and they just like like there needs to be hope. There needs to be light. And and I think of what you're doing, and it's like it's exactly that, like that word light and all those things, and you had no idea. That, that it would look this way at all. Um, or, or yeah, just those opportunities. Like, you could have never planned those. And yet, you know, you see how you give your work into the Lord, and he's just using that to, to bless others. And I don't know. I think that's just just beautiful. So <laughs> thanks for being such a light to, to everybody. That's just a really neat, a neat way where you offer home decor to the Lord. Like, what a blessing. You get to have something you love and then be able to bless others with it too. It's just like a, a double blessing in that way. So um, I, I do think it, it can be kind of sometimes really easy to sort of skip over the really painful parts of some of this. And you've been really raw and um, vulnerable in some of those things too. Um, but uh, we want to kind of dive a little bit into just like the real um, things about some of those struggles and things that we go through. So uh, as you reflect, how would you say that God specifically grew your faith and your trust in him, um, maybe in your own life more than what you've said there? Yeah, I think um, like the floundering floundering bit and the self-doubt of yeah, you, you like I knew my giftings. Um, it was hospitality, like what Jen was talking about, um, being hands and feet of Jesus. But to be honest, um, even when young, I knew that was my gifting. We all did the spiritual gifting tests. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. We were all over that back in high school. And I came out with hospitality and I was like, this is boring. <laughs> like, what are we going to do? <laughs> Go up to people and say hi? And like greet people. Um, (laughs) but, um, I remember thinking that was so boring and I was not resentful, but I was like, what am I going to do with this? This is Mm. what I (laughs) thought of for a long time. And, uh, until social media really brought in those doors, uh, hospitality can be done virtually as we've learned the last two years. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of, lot, a lot of lonely people out there, who had more doors closed to them in the last two years than ever. And now I, I, I told my husband, I'm like, the, now's the time to strike. People need Jesus now more than ever. If you're looking for low hanging fruit, this is it because people are, you know, broken, hurting, like the student noticed there's so much hate in the world. They want something else. And what, can we offer that's more different than Jesus? Again, preach it. Like <laughs> maybe we should just have a yeah preaching time with Wendy. This is just so good. <laughs> no, all I'm just I'm just sharing what we've learned, what we all know and learn, and have and, and God has given us the same mission. Just do it in different ways that you can in the spaces that we have. Um, but I think that's just something that I've learned through a lot of struggle and self-doubt, um, not knowing our worth, but again, our worth is in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as you're sharing, I, I think I'm just struck by the fact that like we were talking to, um, another person who works at Youth for Christ in London 
and he was talking about how he wants his life to be a living prayer. Like he wants people to read his life and to see Jesus. And that's exactly what you are describing there. Like giving the, giving the opportunity for people to read your life, um, the ins and outs of it and to see Jesus. And I just, I just think that's so, so beautiful. Like that's the goodness of our God that he invites us to do that. So I'm just so encouraged for the way that you are doing that in your own life with the skills and abilities that God has given you and the sphere of influence, um, both in person and the way that you and your husband use your home, but also on social media too. So I would love to hear, I'm just super curious, what has it been like to have like a significant platform and it's by the sounds of it, it's grown significantly in a short period of time. What is what has that been like for you? Um, it's I. How do I put this? The number no longer matters mm, to mm-hmm. me. Um, I actually would like for it to be more intimate and keep it under control. I don't strive to have a large platform. Um, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we are here by God's grace and it is a responsibility. Um, very much like in my business, uh, it, when you hold influence um, in any topic, you should do so with caution and with you are. Yeah, you should be careful in how you you maneuver and use that. So uh, one of the ways besides vetting all the products that I would share and advertise with and for. Um, One of the ways is also how you, um, when you're sharing your life with a big audience, you can always inject the reasons why. So for example, we had a leak uh, right after the kitchen reno was done. Oh no. Um, we We got a leak right above the kitchen, which was the guest bathroom. We sprung two leaks. Um, and everybody was like, Oh no, you spent all this money. You spent like almost a year renovating and now it's all ruined. Well, it wasn't all ruined, but like, it's starting to, um, affect the, like the finished product. And I think we just use the opportunity again to be like, Hey, God provided this for us. And, um, we are in a position where we can fix it. We are grateful. This is a blessing. Um, let's do it together. It's the way you spin it. We, mm. I could have gone like, oh, man, this sucks. Like, we just finished. Like, I can't believe this ha- just happened. We bought a lemon. Da, 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 da. We could have gone on. <laughs> and don't, like, I was worried. I was like, did we buy a lemon? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, like it, it crossed my mind. But I was like, this is not how we're going to share mm. this information. Um, not that it's not being genuine, but, like, you can totally do it in a way that honors God and, and you write God into your story. It's mm-hmm. not all about you. It really mm-hmm. isn't about you. And something I learned in the past two years was also this phenomenon called like the Disney princess phenomenon where we kind of write ourselves into God's stories, mm-hmm. but like we're the main character, but we're not. God is supposed to be the main character. I'm the side character. Mm-hmm. And we need to we need to remember that. Mm-hmm. And so the leak wasn't about me. The leak wasn't something God did to like set me back. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, write God back as the main hero and character. Um, and when you have a large audience, that's what you can do. And people see that and and people understand your motivation for doing mm-hmm. things. 
and and to glorify God. That should be the end goal. Yeah. And as you've adjusted to all this, what have you found has been helpful to kind of stay uh, steady and, and rooted in your faith? A lot of accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, I have... I have two small group uh, that I'm part of, one like as a regular member, and I'm a small group leader for the young adults I talked about. So I'm coaching a group uh, of two women to do accountability together because they've never had an accountability partner. So I'm, I'm just stepping in to mirror that for them and to help them for the, the foreseeable future until they really set the pace for themselves and to be, you know, iron sharpening iron. And I also have my age groups, uh, small group, and I also have accountability. And we've been together for, I want to say, six, seven years now. And they've mm-hmm. been with me through a lot of these changes. Mm-hmm. And I share with them the stresses and um, my my fear of idols. Um, and, and they do keep me grounded. And something recently as well, there are I'm very much drawn to Christian uh, brothers and sisters online as well. Mm-hmm. who are in the same industry. And I think that's important too. So I have two accountability groups and also I have people who are walking alongside of me who are um, people of faith. Mm. That helps. It really helps besides, you know, devotions, my relationship with my husband who is supposed, who is leading me um, mm-hmm. spiritually as well. Um, all these things mm-hmm. keep me grounded. Bible, obviously. Prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From other people too, mm. a lot of prayer. Mm-hmm. I think that's really valuable and something that we don't necessarily. I think it's easy to miss that, like how important it is to actually have boundaries and people set in place to kind of keep us in check. Like, what a beautiful thing, number one, that God designed. But it is really important, and I think when we get into seasons and stuff like that, it's not necessarily our automatic reaction to have those things set in place. Um, yeah, but so so important. What do you know about God now that you didn't before March 2020? Ooh, we're going back to March 2020. <laughs> um, God is very adventurous and surprising and mm. very unexpected. Um, he really is a God of the universe. He can do whatever the heck he wants. We knew that, and t- but we didn't see how crazy like he could extend his own influence like Mm. he literally shut the whole world down which is insane (laughs) but he has a reason and a purpose uh for that and i think um i'm discovering it in this corner of the world in the places that he's put me in and see the work he's done because of the pandemic um so I don't know. I think he definitely surprising hmm. and un, very unexpected. Like, I think we were all living just like very, you know, most of us calm lives. And he really just shook everything up hmm. and everybody reevaluated the priorities. Everybody reevaluated how they use their time um, and how much people mattered. Um, and how much connection mattered like that was crazy and and god did that in our lifetime like i hope we don't you know forget that Mm. it's crazy Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting i i sometimes ask students like what are some things that you want to like bring with you when all this is done because there's so many things i want to leave behind like don't get me wrong but uh (laughs) 
Like, what do you want to bring with you? And I can't tell you how many students have talked about that, like, how much people matter and how much family matters. Like, it's not very typical for a 15-year-old to be like, yeah, like, I've really loved hanging out with my parents and my siblings. Like, I want to do that more. Um, But I think it definitely you learn the important things. Um, Yeah, it's a cool reflection. And uh, yeah, as we have spent this conversation doing a lot of looking back, that's kind of what this season is about, is looking back, remembering what God has brought us through, reflecting on his goodness. Um, But for you right now, kind of moving forward in this season, how would you say that God is forming you? I think he is teaching me how to be a a good businesswoman, um, how to make wise choices, to be gracious Mm-hmm. Um, in, in big decisions that has to do with finance. This is something that I am only beginning to have to, um, deal with. So that is definitely something I don't know what he's going to do. There's a, there's a few transitions happening behind the scenes here as well. Um, in terms of my, my family. So I'm really excited to see what he does, but, um, I think it's going to be, a lot of work, uh, heart work and like a lot of character refinement. So I see grace and patience being something in my mid thirties, especially when I don't know how old you guys are, but like with elderly parents, um, you know, there's a lot going on. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, something that I can see God working on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not fun, but necessary. <laughs> As we like, right. oh man, heart- suffering, heart work is never fun, but all for your character and all for our ultimate joy. But I always joke, I'm like, please save some <laughs> Jesus. I don't, not right now. <laughs> Good. I do not need to be better yet, please. <laughs> Isn't it funny? We pray for patience or to grow in patience. And then God gives us a really, really difficult situation where we actually need to exercise that muscle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I often say hard, but good. That's been like my pandemic. (laughs) I think that I've been seeing that since COVID started hard, but good, whether I feel it or not, it's hard, but. Yeah, eventually, hopefully it'll it'll turn into some fruit. <laughs> uh, well, our last question to wrap up our conversation here. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? I don't know if it's the best, but it's the most recent that I really took to uh, practice. And it might be something that other people would benefit from. If it takes less than a minute to do do it. Mm. I repeated that my entire morning (laughs) and I was so productive. You need to send a text to care for someone. Does it take less than a minute? Yeah. Do it. Mm. Is it going to take you less than a minute to put the grocery bags back into the car? Yeah, it did. So I did it, you know, like, is it going to take less than a minute to take the laundry out? It's not God related, but at the same time, it was something I was like, you know, I'm going to try that. And it's been very helpful recently. 
because it was just things are just scattered but I just keep thinking oh you know then it'll distract me from this and then I won't be able to get back on track but it did take less than a minute and then visual clutter there's less of it or you know whatever it is so whoever's procrastinating right now it probably takes less than a minute for half the things on your list and it'll feel much more manageable the rest of the day does it take you less than a minute to make your bed Yes, it does. We should probably do it. Go mm. do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to end off. I'm going to, that's going to be in my head now all week. It's like this weekend I have some things to do and I'm going to be like, Quendi told me if it takes less than a minute, then I'm going to do it. So that's so funny. If it takes less, uh, more than a minute, don't do it. I'm just joking. Don't, don't ignore <laughs> that. Forget too, about I it. I only do things now that are less than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, I love ending this off this conversation with some laughs, but what a deep and rich conversation. Your faith is just contagious, um, seriously, and just the way it's part of your character. Um, you don't even always, like you said on your platform, you're not necessarily always speaking with with words about it, but in the way that you interact and the way that your character shines through. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, just the work for the kingdom that you do, the light. And like we said, and all these things, it's a, it is a gift and it brings joy um, in so many ways. So thank you for all of that. And it's just been a gift to have you today. Thank you so much for having me, girls. I, that was a, an amazing first podcast. I Yay. couldn't have asked for anything better than to talk about our favorite person, Jesus. Mm. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you won't want to miss. So make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are using. And you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Just Work Friends. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, feel free to give it a review so we can see what you guys are enjoying on the podcast. Until next time. Bye-bye. Toodaloo. See ya. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>